If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. We're going to have a chat today with Sally King. Now, Sally is the other half of Lee Wills, who is the partners in Equus, was Equus Education. Now it's Fold NZ. Both ways, their motto is giving every horse the opportunity to be a champion. And I think by the time you've heard the end of this conversation, you'll realise that they really are giving every horse the opportunity to be a champion. So how are you today, Sally? I'm well, thank you, Glenis. Thanks very much for the opportunity to join you. We really appreciate the airtime. Oh, look, thank you for all the information, you know, the information that Sally did last time and reading through your notes. Again, lots of information to horse people. And it's like, if you can just make one horse's life better, it makes it all worthwhile. Or one person to understand that there's another way when working with your foal. I think that um, that just makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it, for me and for you? Yep, certainly does. It certainly does. Your equus sounds like it's going to be fabulous. We have our equidays here this weekend in New Zealand, which is which is our big uh, equine trade show that we're presenting at. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Oh, good, good, very good. All right. First of all, we've got 10 tips when working with your foal. Usually I ask people why they've chosen that subject, and I sort of think, you know, we've talked about that in the previous interview with Lee, but do you want to have just a couple of minutes just to say why it's so important? Sure. So um, so we're, we're a, a boutique foal education company here in New Zealand. We've, uh, we've trained since 2003 over 2,000 foals, done over 18,000 training sessions without injury thus far. So, um, you know, it's fair to say we certainly specialise in, in, in foals and how they think, how they learn and how we can best set them up. Um, most of our foals are in the thoroughbred industry, so we specialise within racing, but we also handle our fair share of sport horses as well. We've just found that uh, there's, you know, there's certain periods in a horse's life that when they're there, they're they're more um, more able to learn, and certainly foalhood is one of them. Um, so we've we've designed our education program to to work in such a way that it aligns with when the foals are going to learn at the quickest rate and take advantage of that. Um, you know, all those behaviours that your foal has, that your adult horse has, whether they're a sport horse or a racehorse, we can start setting them up when the foal is three weeks of age, uh, and then it just makes everything much easier for their lifetime. What's the average of the foal handling sessions? Sure, we we uh, keep the sessions really short. It, I think there's been research done, and I can't, don't quote me on it, but um, that says that adult horses' concentration spans only about 20 minutes. Well, we find the foals is less than that. So mm. we typically do a training session with a foal that lasts about 15 minutes, maybe 20. Um, but that's about that. That's the limit of their of their abilities to concentrate. And after that, you'll really see them looking tired. They start to blink more often and more slowly, and yeah. almost um, you know start to fall literally start to fall asleep on their feet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not if they're not too stressed. So, and we do the training sessions. We might do three days in a row, and then they'll have a day off. We find if we do every day, they just get too tired and they start to get a bit grumpy and resentful. I'm just thinking, you know, if you've got 2,000 foals, 18,000 training sessions, 
yeah, the amount of times, that, you know, is that if that's an average of sort of nine times and 15, 20 minutes each, it's only a couple of hours. But if you do this education, it really is setting them up for life. Yeah, it is. It, and it certainly is. It's the quality of the work, not the quantity of it. Um, mm. that, that's for sure. Uh, we, we and, and when we handle them, so we specifically handle them, we start them at about three weeks of age. And that started with when we were first supported by Sir Patrick Hogan at Cambridge Stud back in 2003. He said to us, ladies, please don't start them before the foals are three weeks of age because I don't want anything to interfere with the mere foal bond. Okay. So we started that because that was his directive. And then we found actually that in the first month of the foal's life, they spend about 92% of their time with their mother. Mm. But by two or three months of age, they're only spending 66% of time with their dam. So that's when that kind of, that two to three months of age, that's when they're out there exploring, they're making friendships, they're getting more curious about their environment. So that's when it's important for us to introduce ourselves as a, as a positive association. I think that's the first tip, isn't it? Begin your handling when your foal's three to eight weeks of age. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we've recently, it's interesting, just in the last couple of seasons, Glennis, we're really noticing that the older foals, so just, you know, still before they're weaned, yep. um, but the older foals, once they're three months older and three months older or older, the, their emotions seem to be more developed. And we're looking to do research into that because what we're seeing is if we don't handle the foals until they're a little bit older, they're more emotional in their responses, which is harder for them to learn. Mm. Uh, so really that three to eight week window if owners can, is, a, is just a great time to start mucking around with them. Yep, yep. Okay. Well, the second one is set up a safe environment before handling. You, you recommend a small yard with safe high fencing, good footing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all basic horsemanship, isn't it? But, um, yeah, well, so good high fencing, good surface. And we use pads. Um we always use padding, which is portable padding. And in the early days, that can be a sack filled with straw. It doesn't need to be anything flash, uh, but it does need to be something. So if your foal bumps into the fence behind its bum, it's not going to either hurt itself or um, or get a fright and shoot mm-hmm. forward. So that's, yeah, it, it's a basic safety. Okay. okay, okay. We'll go on to number three then. So we've got to ensure your mare's familiar with the yard and relaxed. Yes, that's really important. And for those people that have, uh, you know, a, a few horses at home, sport horse breeders, that's probably easily done because they're going to be handling the foal on their property mm-hmm. um, and hopefully close to its mate, mates. But it is really important because how the mare feels about the session is how the foal is going to feel about the session. So uh, we need you need the mare to be really relaxed. So ideally, you want the you want the mare and foal mare to be within sight of a paddock. I, in, in the studs we work with, it's fantastic. There's yards between the paddocks so they can be, the mares can see their herd uh, and, and have their foal in a safe place where we can handle it without getting stressed. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really important. And if you, you need to... The other thing that's really important, which I don't think I, I wrote down when we talked about it earlier, Dennis, was that... Whatever you want your foal to know initially, your mare needs to know before she has her foal, ideally. So if your foal's going to need to go with the mare up into a stable and spend a night in a stable, or go down a um, cattle yard crush, or go into a float or a horse transporter, your mare needs to know all of that behaviour, all of those behaviours before your foal is born. Uh, Because however the mare reacts in those situations, the foal will mirror that. Mm. And so you want to set those 
but to feel positive or, or at least neutral about those experiences. Yes, it's one of those things that you automatically assume, but, you know, you haven't actually checked. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And when the mayors are with us, we, we try and do whatever we can, or the mayor handler tries to do whatever they can to get that mayor comfortable. So a lot of them, probably the majority of them, love to be scratched just around the neck and head. Uh, we also have big blocks of that pink Himalayan salt that you can get at the feed yes. stores. Uh, and we just hold one of those in our hand and sometimes we put that you know, happily or sometimes they'll just stand without any interference. Mm-hmm. But we want it to be a good time for them because however they feel about it, their foal will, will feel about it as well. Yeah. And there's been research done showing that um, if, if handlers just come in and and handle mares in a positive way, mutual grooming, that kind of thing, but don't touch the foals, those foals are more likely to look positively upon humans in general. Uh, So we want to work with that as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Now, you've said that the next thing, and you did talk about basically before when you said about the safe environment, but you're giving a bit more information now about the protective pads. So what can we do there? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, when when you when you begin, or just as, as an owner with one or two horses, just literally stuff some sacks with straws, uh, with straw. So the yard that we that you that you use when you start handling your foal will be a small yard, like part of a cattle yard or something like that, with good high fencing. Uh, when you begin, you're going to begin in a very in a, in a very small environment to keep everybody safe, and you're just going to pad one one side of a corner of that yard. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you had a suggestion about the sacks, you know, just feed sacks or something stuffed with straw because, you know, thinking pads, it's almost like you've got to go out and buy some special pads. But something like a feed sack stuffed with straw or stuffed with hay is going to be easy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. A couple of a couple of feed, two feed sacks, stuff in the straw. Put a bit of binder twine and a hole through the top and loop and and tie it around the fence, and it's as easy as that, and they'll, they'll last well. Okay. Okay. All right, now number five is about the mayor's perception of the training session will dictate how the foal perceives the session. You talked a bit about that before, but do you want to talk a bit more in depth about that? Yeah, it is just um, we've had mares in the past that but if they are comfortable um, with what we do, then the foal, so the foal, you know, the foal and the mare are synchronising heart rates, respiratory mm-hmm. rates, that kind of thing. So. So as, as soon as we have an anxious mare who's uncomfortable and uh, standing in a corner or she's uncomfortable backing up to those sacks that you've so carefully filled with straw, yes. and then you've got an anxious foal. Um, so that's where we, you know, that's where we come in and we use our scratching and settling her. We make sure that she's got her mates in sight, or if not, we bring a mate up to put her in the yard next to her. We make sure that she's been in that yard before her foal was born, ideally, um, because otherwise it's just going to compromise the foal's learning. Yes, it's yes. going to take us longer to do our job, and it, we won't be as as, as efficient. And do you do that as as part of your business? You go round to the mayors first and teach them, or is it just assumed that the that they're going no, to be No, we don't go to the yeah, we don't we don't go to the mayors first mm. uh, before they fall. But what we do do is. On the, on the studs we work with, we work with such a large number of mares, so we work with between 200 and 400 mares per season. Mm-hmm. That's a three to six month following season. Yep. Uh, what will what will happen is in any paddock where there's say four to six mares per paddock, there'll be at least one mare in that paddock that's done our handling before in previous years. So we'll always, if, let's say we have all four of those mares in the paddock to handle, the one that will come out first. Yep. The one that we'll choose first is the mare that's already experienced with our handling system. Mm-hmm. She knows where she knows the yard, she knows how to turn, she knows how to back into the pads and she knows what we're gonna do. And what we'll find is that 
the other mares will watch. Natural curiosity will bring them over, so they sniff the pads through the fence, and then they'll watch. And while they say that horses don't learn much through social observation, um, we certainly find that helps their emotional state. They're more relaxed when they come in, having having had another mare, you know, in that yard and doing that. Yeah. Um, so we do we do we do use that. There will be the occasional mare who's really not settled in her environment with us, and we won't train the foal that day. We'll just let her come in, have a handful of salt, um, do a bit of scratching, and we'll walk, and then we'll walk her back out in the paddock. But it doesn't happen often. Okay. All right. So you've got the, as number six, positioning the mare backed into the corner of the yard. Yeah. Do you want to say, you know, yeah, exactly yeah, so how, yeah, and why? Yeah, sure. It's, yeah. Re- it's really important, that position. And, and you know, we did, I think, about three, our first 3,000 training sessions, Kenneth, we really didn't have any idea of the importance of the mare. So it wasn't uncommon for us to have the mare in one part of the yard and the foal a little bit separate. And, you know, we wondered why that wouldn't work. So obviously we've evolved. Mm. Um, we've got a better system now. Uh, so what we do is we uh, put the pads in a corner and then we back the mare into the corner. So her offside, her whole right-hand side of her body is against the fence and then her bum is against the pads on a fence as well, if you can picture that. Um, and then we, the foal needs to stand alongside her. Uh, so so we, when we walk towards the left, the mare's left-hand shoulder, the foal is right there in that, in that position. For the first couple of sessions, your foal might be facing the pads because it's too scared to look at a person. Yep. So um, you might have them top and tailing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But once the foal, get, foal gets comfortable, then the position you want them to stand in is facing the same direction as the mare, right tucked in up against her left-hand shoulder. And so uh, and the mare positioned in such a way that there's no gap behind her bum and the fence and no gap between her right-hand shoulder and the fence. And then what you have is you have a mare handler holding your mare standing directly in front of the foal and blocking the foal's forward movement and blocking the foal's ability to go under the mare's neck and Mm -hmm. hit the fence on the far side. So you're really creating a a situation where your foal has not many options. You know, it can go under the mare's tummy and it will, but the fence is right up there. You know, as soon as it pops its head under her her tummy, the, the fence is there, so it can't go that way. And then the foal handler just has the ability to come in really quietly and slowly and just give the foal a rub either on the rump or on the near shoulder, depending mm. on the position of the foal. Okay, okay, yeah. So um, it, that's when the foal's already got the – it's like under the mare and trying to get away, but they're a bit stuck almost. They've, they've put themselves into a position where it's easy for you to scratch them. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. So if the, if the foal's actually physically under the mare's tummy, then we just stand back and wait for it to stand up on on all, on all its legs and mm-hmm. and you know feel feel a bit more comfortable, and then we'll approach. Okay. Um, but I guess I guess what what's important about those first touches are that um, you come in slowly and gently, but that you also don't take um, too much time. What we find is that the foals really anticipate, and as they anticipate that um, the, the worst, which they will if it's one of the first times they've been touched, then their you know their fear and their stress levels build really quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we, one of our kind of uh, concepts that we say is we we change our training according and we use speed and space to change what we're doing so you already have a very small space when you start handling you're in a small space and then as your fold becomes more comfortable you're going to move to a larger space you know so you have more room to walk around and and do your movements um and the the same with with speed like we start 
Um, and I don't even necessarily mean the speed of the fold feet, but uh, we start by moving slowly, working slowly, and then as the fold becomes more comfortable, we work a little bit faster, plus the fold moves faster. Um, so yeah, those, those first touches, it's important to, to work slowly, but still be um, still be effective. If you dilly dally around too long, then your folds, uh, arousals levels will, will, will rise and it will quite stressed with anticipation mm-hmm. of, of what, you know, the, thinking the worst. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that was number seven, though, wasn't it? You know, initially touching and handling the fold. Yeah, you already talked, you know, because I asked you initially about how long you've got, you know, because you don't want the fold to become overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then what do you do? Do you give them a break? And then you said that you go back then the next day. So you've got, did you say, three consecutive days? Yes, we tend to do three consecutive days and then a day off and then go again. But um, okay. we're going to do a little bit more research onto that in that this year. So we have, um, in collaboration with the Charles Sturt University in Wagga Wagga, we're, um, we have one of their ladies coming over to do a bit of a pilot study on frequency of training sessions. There's re- very recently been research published at the International Society of Equitation Conference in Rome about... Um, Frequency of training sessions suggesting that horses can learn um, learn better or at the same level being trained once or twice a week than being trained five days a week. So that's something we want to explore. Mm. Um, but we definitely, per day, we'd do one 10 or 15-minute session and then call it quits until the following day and they wouldn't mm-hmm. do more than three days in a row. That's where we're at at the moment, but we're, mm-hmm. we're wanting to learn more. Yep. Yeah, I like the way that you're just open-minded about it all, you know, and you're saying you're very open to say, look, our methods, we're processed, we're, we're evolving, but we're still learning, you know, and you're learning yeah, yeah. Oh, for the course. best interests of course. the horse. We certainly are. Yeah, yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Okay, now the next one. If your foal seems anxious, contain him closer to the mare, slow down the work. So you talked about speed before. Is this where you slow down the work? Yes, and 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 the other thing I haven't really discussed is when you uh, when you when you're handling your foal, you want to be really close to your foal. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, if if you've heard of Temple Grandin, who does it, well, he's one autistic lady who does wonderful work with animals. Uh, she first spoke about uh, animals and autistic people wanting to be wanting to be closed in, wanting to get comfort of, of something pressure around their body. And foals are the same. So when you have your foal and you're handling it, your foal will be if you look at your foal, it'll be tightly tucked in against its mother's body, really tightly tucked in there. And so your body as a foal handler is going to be also really snugly attached to the foal's body. Mm-hmm. So when you're picking up feet, your the, the side of your body will be against your foal. When you're putting your halter on, you'll have your tummy um, against the foal's shoulder. So you're always going to be in close contact. You'll find if, if you're not, then your foal will anticipate and get concerned. Um, so that's... Um, that's how we how we physically handle the foals, and then um, and then if they if they if we're leading them around the mare in both directions, we'll stand the mare in the middle of a yard and lead the foals around in both directions. Not only do they wear what we call a figure eight rope when we're leading them, so we never lead them as youngsters. We never lead them just off a halter and rope. They always have a loop around their chest and a loop around their bum, mm-hmm. uh, which is a figure eight rope that our mentor Monty Roberts created. And we're just fiddled with it a bit. So not only are they contained with a figure eight rope around their body, 
our body as close to them as they lead. And if they get concerned, then they're, then we take them straight back to the mare and lead them in just really small circles around the mare and or lead them with the mare on a couple of circuits around the yard. Okay. Okay. All right. And then that way you've got, you know, making sure you use the mare for your lessons, easy for your foal. So using the mare again, yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. So when we and, and that's been a really that's been a really important part of our work in the last couple of seasons is just you know further realizing the importance of this. So when you want to teach your foal to lead, what better teacher to use than the foal's mother? You yes. know, the, the foal is in, has an instinctive drive to follow its mother. Mm-hmm. So if you get your mare handler to lead your mare forward, your foal is going to follow, and then you can just go along as a bit of a passenger for those first few leading first couple of leading sessions, um, and then start teaching your foal stop and go and left and right. And then you'll put the mare in the middle of your yard. You might have moved to a slightly larger yard by now and start walking around the mare in both directions, rein back, turn left, right, and so on and so forth. Um, so just using that mare to get your foal moving, it, it, it's just so much easier for the foals to learn. And we're also um, we're also teaching our foals to lead from in front of them, but not again, not just not with a halt and rope, with a loop round their round their back end as well. And the same thing applies. As soon as we, if we ask our foal to step towards us, we first ask the mare to step towards us. So the foal is mirroring the mare's mare's movement, and it just it just makes it so much easier. You know, animal, um, horses express or release stress through movement. Yep. So um, yeah, it's just it just works on so many levels. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You're still pretty excited about the whole thing, aren't you? You know, you the first time I talked to you, you know, and, and that would have been over 12 months ago. I, th- I know the first time I talked to you, mm-hmm. you know, before you even came on on Horse Chats, you were just so excited about it. And then, you know, I was talking to Lee and Lee was so excited about it. And you're the same now, just so excited and so excited about the developments and the training program that you're um, you're educating yourself, but you just keep expanding, keep evolving. Well, wouldn't you be though? I mean, you know, we've got the best job in the world. We literally all day we work with cute, fluffy foals, and not only that, but we've got this this incredible quantity of virtually untouched horses and on which to learn. So, you know, all this research that that people around the world want to do, they can they can come and do it with us. Mm-hmm. Or we can do it with them. Yep. Because we, you know, we have all these animals um, to to learn stuff, and then and then once we learn it from them, then we can you know go out and do our our workshops and our stud management programs and all of that to, you know, to help help the racehorses' welfare and performance and sport horses as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people have one foal and they're so excited, and you've got two thousand foals you've worked with. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. We've only been in the season for about three weeks here in New Zealand, and yeah. I think um, yeah, there's a hundred foals on the ground at the stud we're at today, and it's just yeah, it's just brilliant. Foals everywhere. That's there's going to be three hundred of them in a couple of months, just at, just yeah. at one stud. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, contact details. How can people contact you? Of course, they can do it on horsechats.com/slash Sally King, or um, go to Horse Chats and search for Sally, search for King. They'll find it. But yeah, how can they contact you if they're doing it direct? Is it foal.nz? Yeah, well, as, as I said earlier, we've just rebranded. So from yeah. being Equus Education since 2003, or no, even earlier 2000, we're, um, we're now Foley NZ. So we've got a beautiful new website and um, 
So foldnz.com is the best way to contact us. And we always love to hear from people. And we, we do have quite a lot of people visiting us wanting to just work on the thoroughbred studs in New Zealand. And we're more than open to visitors. We love meeting new people. And, and anyone that can come and you know give us some tips, it's fantastic for us. Very good. Very good. Yes, so I'll say thank you to the person who's got the best job in the world. I think it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to come and join us on your next trip over the water, Glenna. Oh, love to, love to. Yeah, I have to do it in the falling season. In the, yeah. Yes. Okay, do. we'll do. All right. All right, thanks, Glenna. Thank you very much for chatting tonight, and hopefully we'll chat again soon. Brilliant. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.